Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, Hockey World. Today is Tuesday, December 27th, 2016. I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology. And I'm Michael Agello, and this is the Hockey Buzzcast here on HockeyBuzz.com. Uh, before we get to the world of hockey, we have some world juniors to talk about. Uh, Act posted a couple rumors. We'll take a look at those. We'll take a look at the standings uh, at the uh, holiday break, and there's some games going tonight. We have to talk about, and th- th- this this year, 2016, has really sucked, I have to say. And yeah. not because of the political situation, which you know we, we have to live with, but just... The number, the plethora. I thought. I think I saw a list of like it was like twenty three musicians, notable musicians, have died in twenty sixteen. But now, like even more celebrities over the over the the break. Uh, George Michael. I mean, I wasn't a particular fan of his music. But, hey, look. I mean, I'll tell you this. Very great voice. If you um, have never heard him do the duet with Elton John for "Don't yeah. Let the Sun Go Down on Me," it's fabulous. Yeah, and did that at Live Aid. It was fabulous. Yeah, and when he did the uh, when they did the tribute to Freddie Mercury after after he passed away, he I think he did somebody to love, which is a yes. pretty tough song to pull off. And he's got he had a great enough voice that he could do it. I mean, yeah, like he's he was more of a pop star, but and he had a few catchy songs, but you know, he was he a lots big, of charity too. Yeah, a big a big star, and you know, fifty three years old, and he dies of heart failure, um, but. Just before the show, the the Gr- Grim Reaper Cohen strikes again, um, and it, it's sad. I take and, no joy. I know. No, no, no. And and the funny thing was, I saw. I, I and I mentioned this to you and Eck, um text each other back and forth that I saw Rogue One yesterday. And anybody who's seen it, at the end of that movie, it's sort of a prequel to the first Star Wars movie. They have a CGI picture of a young Carrie Fisher as Princess Leia. Which, if you, I, I was like right up against the street, screen. You could see it was CGI. It was like I'm, I'm surprised yeah. they do something more than that. But it was pretty, you know, pretty good. Um, but you know, she was there in that. And then this, just a few minutes ago, it came over the wire that uh, Carrie Fisher has passed away at the age of 60. She had a heart attack on a plane from London to Los Angeles. They revived her. She was in the hospital, but she had another heart attack and just. Didn't I mean sixty years old? I know she had a history of, you know, drug abuse and uh, things, the things of that nature that puts a lot of burden on on your heart. But yeah, it's just sixty years old, Ross. Jeez, it's rough, and I I feel bad for Debbie Reynolds, right? You don't ever want to outlive your kids. Yeah, he tweeted the other day actually to to say that Carrie Fisher was stable, and it made me think. Wow, you know, Debbie Reynolds. I remember watching her when I was a kid, and my mother probably watched her when she was a teenager. You know, well, not not a teenager. As a uh, as an adult, um, but I think she's eighty nine. I think yeah. Debbie Reynolds, and so it's a tough day. It really is a tough day. Uh, I also don't want to think that people only know Carrie Fisher just for Star Wars because she was pretty talented. She really was. Yeah. I remember she's had parts in a lot of stuff. She was good in the Burbs. Remember that movie? Yeah. Um, but she had parts in other things that she was really good at. She's always going to be remembered for Star Wars, but but. 
I just always appreciated the fact that she was always like honest about things, even to the point where Harrison Ford's not thrilled, wasn't thrilled with her a week ago. But that was the way she was, and I appreciated that about her. Yeah, um, she wrote a, uh, wrote a book that was turned into a movie called Postcards from the Edge, right. um, where she was she was portrayed by Meryl Streep, and yeah. uh, Debbie Reynolds was portrayed by Shirley MacLaine. And the movie was directed by Mike Nichols. It was you know that was a great movie. It was a pretty it was a pretty damn good movie. And uh, but yeah, I mean she had a, she had a history, and um, you know she finally. I mean there was. It was a few years ago on um, on HBO. There was like a was sort of like the type of one man or one woman show that Mike Tyson did, sort of going over her life and talking about her marriage to Paul Simon and mm-hmm. Star Wars and other things. It was pretty good. It was pretty re- revealing um, about her life. But yeah, she's yeah. always she was always revealing. Like she yeah. she wasn't like one of these Hollywood people that acted like a Hollywood person. She acted like a normal person. She wasn't like everyday normal, but, yeah. but that's the way she sort of came off. And I always appreciated that about her. Yeah. I, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to make, I'm not trying to make fun of these people, but I joked a couple of days ago that, you know, cause it looked like, you know, she had the heart attack and she was, looked like they caught her and she was recovering and she would be fine. And obviously, sadly, this has happened. But I said, you know, if, she had passed away, um, you know, there would be like mass suicides of Star Wars fans. And, yeah. uh, and sadly, I mean, you know, we know that just they'll like just be tributes, that's what they'll be. Yeah. Be a lot of tributes. Hey, look, I'm a Star Wars fan. Yeah. I have Star Wars memorabilia around my house. I, I think if you grew up in that era, you couldn't help but be affected by it. Mm-hmm. You know, she had an impact. Yeah, and I mean, I know that. I mean, I don't know what the plans are for the movie after the not the Rogue One, but the one previous, the one with Harrison Ford and her in it. Whether I mean, we know Harrison Ford. Sorry, spoiler here: Harrison Ford dies in the movie. Um, but if you haven't seen it, it's too bad. Um, but she lived. Her character, Princess Leia, lived. So I'm assuming now that you know there was not going to be any part of her. I mean, if there was, they're going to have to write that out or do correct. No, I think there is some of her in it because the primary shoot's done. I, I, we'll see. We'll see what gets added. Yeah. To lighten things up a little, I'm still looking for Jabba the Hutt's tweet to see if he <laughs> sends in a tweet. Um, oh, that's – wow. But you got to – at some point, you have to lighten it up. She, uh, had good, she had a good sense of humor. She'd probably laugh at that. Well, okay. If you want to lighten things up, let's talk let's about go. Rex Ryan. Well, we all knew he was fired. That was obvious. But we didn't know that they were going to just dismiss him before the last home game because um, it is a home game for the no, Bills. No, no, oh, no, this one's at, at, at City Field? Uh, MetLife? MetLife. Okay. Well, then that's a different story, I guess. they didn't. But it's weird that they would put a guy in for one game on the road. I guess they didn't want the Circus of Rex. I guess that's what the well, okay, this this is the thing. I tried to think about this when I heard about the firing. What is – what is the hockey comparative? What is the coach that everybody knows he's dead man walking, and not not currently, not 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 somebody who hasn't been fired yet, but just in the in the recent past, somebody who got ended up getting fired that everybody and their brother knew was going to get fired, and the first one that came up was John Tortorella in Vancouver. Everybody knew he was a dead man. Yeah, that's a good one. If you want to go back further, when I was. Really heavily covered in the Rangers, Ron Lowe. That was an obvious one. Okay. But they didn't know how to do it because he was a good guy and he had the Edmonton connections. 
You know, Muckler, even before him, was another one. Yeah. You know, but, Brian Trottier before him was another one. But, okay. But you, you know sometimes. I have a ringside seat for this train wreck, this clown car known as the Buffalo Bills. They have not made the playoffs since home run throwback, since the Music City Miracle in 1999. So we're talking 17 consecutive years they have missed the playoffs, and they have gone through a slew of quarterbacks. So now they fire Rex Ryan, but they're not apparently not going to fire the general manager who's drafted and mismanaged this team over the last few years. They're not going to fire Russ Brandon, who is the co-president of the Buffalo Sabres and the Buffalo Bills. They're just going to fire Rex and his brother and most of the staff and the guy who they've appointed as interim coach. It sounds like they are grooming him to be the head coach. He's like one of these rise, like uh, he's a rising star apparently. Yeah. I don't know anything about him other than they yeah. replaced they replaced Greg Roman with him, and you know they their offense had sputtered, but they had a really great game against Miami, and it was basically Rex's fault that they lost the game. But here's the thing, Russ. Tell me that this is a move guaranteed to win a game in at MetLife on I believe Sunday. The starting quarterback will be E.J. Manuel. I still think the Bills will win. I don't know. You're, you're, you're not giving credit enough to how bad the, the Jets currently are. This is going to be this is going to be a game to see who's worse. Yep. Yeah, and then what this tells me also is that Tyrod Taylor is going to be cut. Yes. If they if they were going to keep if they were going to keep him if they because he's got one of these contracts where if he stays next year then there's cap ramifications like right. dead money but if they cut him next year there's nothing so they're gonna cut him and Look, Bills and Jets fans are in the same spot man we hate each other but we're in the exact same spot the only thing that Bills and Jets fans can do is just laugh at the Browns and the Lions because. I feel bad for Kevin Allen. I do. This team had it wrapped up, all but wrapped up a few weeks ago, and now they have to go in. They're at home, but they have to play Aaron Rodgers, who is red hot, to make the playoffs. Now, both tie, then they both get in. It's not going to be a tie. We're not going to see a tie. So well, I was going to say Green Bay needs the game to get in, correct? Correct. Wow. Yeah, well. <laughs> it's not going to be good for Detroit. I, you know, I'm so glad that I don't care about the NFL. I care about <laughs> hockey. I care about Major League Baseball. I could care, give a crap less about the NBA or MLS. I don't care about the NFL. I'll watch the Super Bowl because it's an excuse to get together with my friends and eat some chicken wings and pizza. All right, let's talk hockey then. Let's, let's go. Okay, sorry. Um, okay, the opening day of the World Juniors yesterday, we'll talk about the, the two – Big matchups. Well, I mean, U.S. versus Latvia is not a big matchup, but, uh, I mean, it's big because it's the U.S., so we have to talk about that. But let's start with Canada-Russia first because um, I was impressed with a few players on the Russian team, namely Samsonov. The, or Samsonov. Not Samsonov now. They've changed it again. Yeah, I so mean, players – I hope the players understand – we go along with these changes. We respect these changes, but we eventually slip back. Well, is it, it is it Sergachev or Sergachev? I always thought it was Luke Kunin too. Now it's Kunin. So like yeah, everybody yeah. gets their change. Yeah, it's, but at some point we slip back. I'm just letting I'm just letting the players know it's nothing personal. Yeah. Well, it, okay. So Team Canada wins. 
Samsonov, I didn't see the shots on goal, but it had to be like 40 to 15 or something. Yeah, he gave up three power play goals, so really he only gave up two even strength goals. He was fantastic. Yeah. In that last minute and a half, the play that he came out to cut down the angle, Yeah. I don't know if it was on Blake Spears. I don't remember who it was on. It was unbelievable. The guts on that showed the absolute athleticism, and then he got back into the into the corner, and they couldn't even put it in the corner. Just shows you how good he is. It was a bad game plan for Russia. That's what it was. Well, the funny thing is, it's like the the, the goal that was the most impressive for Canada. I mean, if it wasn't Barzil's, it was it was uh, Dylan Strom's one timer on the power play. Yeah, and Sa Samsonov was there. He was there. He had the glove there. He had the yeah. there. the shot was just powerful. It got between the glove yeah. and the head and got through. But I mean, okay. Canada is the obvious favorite for this tournament. They're at home, they, right. but they don't have the star power that they had two years ago. They don't have Connor McDavid, but they have a very deep team, a very good team. It's a really deep blue line. That's what I really like about them. Like that Jake Bean cross-ice pass was as good as any pass you see in the NHL currently today. And so, like, that was tremendous. And so I love their blue line. I, I Shabbat. Could have had a little better of a game, to be honest. But but for the most part, we're nitpicking. The thing that I don't get, now some people say, well, this is the plan. But you never know what Team Canada is going to do with their goaltending. And yeah. so now Carter Hart's out and Connor Ingram's in. I like Connor Ingram. Don't get me wrong. I think Carter Hart gave up one bad goal. That's what I think. And he gave up three in total. Yeah, but it, but it was on like fifteen shots. That's that. So what? And, and, and the thing, every, every Canadian game is going to be on fifteen sure. shots. Sure. And the thing is, honestly, I think this is you know this is probably planned even beforehand. I bet you anything because they're playing. I don't know about that, but we'll, you know. Well, I mean, it's Slovakia because and it's back to back. So you don't think that they're going to play back to like after Hart plays against Russia, which is obviously the the tougher of the two. You would think that they would go to their number two goalie in the second of back to backs against a lesser opponent. So I I think that this was planned, and I think when they come up against, I think I'm not sure if the next game after that is against because they play. But the again, US. this goes back to the whole like Lundqvist Ronta thing. If Ingram goes in there and gives up one goal, Ingram's going to play the next game. You can't tell me that was the plan, too. That's where the plan goes astray. That's why I don't totally buy it. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that because I'm not 100% sure, but I think the next game would then be the U.S. game on New Year's Eve, and I would be shocked. But still, all right, so Connor Ingram pitches a shutout. You're going to Connor Ingram next game. Mm. Well, it's not single elimination right now. So no, no, but, you, but they're going to. They will. Right. And, and I mean, and I think Hart. I mean, Hart's statistics in the Western Hockey League are obscene. So it's you. I, I don't think it was on him. I think Russia is way better than the game they showed. Oh. I think their undisciplined play killed them. The Zabrisky, you know, he's a Ranger draft pick. That penalty killed them. It was a horrible time for it. That hooking penalty, right? Mm -hmm. It was just bad, right? It just that game snowballed. But they did show an ability to come back. A couple of times, yeah. there's still a worry in this tournament. Trust me. Oh yeah, and and I the the and I'm I'll, I'll butcher the name, so I apologize. Gurion off the Dallas. Yeah, Gurion, right. That's the 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 hit that he had on Noah Juleson. Yeah. Uh, was was you know I mean I think the Russians were trying to assert their you know I, I usually the Canadians run the Russians out of the rink. I think the Russians were standing up to them, trying to trying to yes. sort of pre, be preemptive. And you know, to a point, I guess that worked. But you know, you get yourself 
in penalty trouble and, and Team Canada's power play was just overwhelming. So Yeah, you know, that's that's gonna be the game plan. They showed everybody, hey, don't put Team Canada on on the power play because if you take away the power play, that game was pretty close. Now yeah. you can't do that, but I'm just saying if you keep them out of the box, if you're a superpower team like Sweden or Russia again or the US, that's a way to sort of neutralize them. It's the yeah. only way. And I'll just touch on Sweden because we didn't. I, I watched a little bit of the game. Yeah, I, I have it on DVR. I haven't yeah. seen it yet. But uh, they won. They won six one over Denmark. And Alex Nylander, who was wonderful in the tournament in the Helsinki last year, he had two goals. Carl Grundstrom, who is a, a Maple Leaf draft pick, who was second in the in the SHL in goals for a nineteen year old, that's pretty good. He had a goal and an assist, and the. The Wunderkind. Now, I, I have not seen a lot of him, so I'm going to be watching him during the rest of this tournament. Uh, Rasmus Dahlin uh, is a 16-year-old defenseman who made it uh, apparently over uh, Liljegren. Yeah. You know, there was some, in, some injury problems with Liljegren, but you know Dahlin made it, and he had a goal and an assist in his first World Junior game, which is impressive. I mean, this is a kid. Yeah, no question. I mean, he, he could be the number one pick in 2018. We'll see. There's a lot of time between now and then. I still don't think Liljegren not being here hurts his draft stock very much. I no. just because because we know that he's injured and and we know that that's taken probably a good it's a good reason a big reason why he's not on this team. Mm. He's gonna play again and I think he's gonna still be pretty high in the rankings. You know I, I I've been asked already twice uh, about Nolan Patrick and I can't tell you he's the lock for number one anymore because. The one thing scouts want to see is they always want to sort of be reminded or, yep. you know, let me see what he looks like lately so it reaffirms that I think he's the top pick. And so I do think that everybody's going to need to see him a few more times to make sure that he's still the top pick. Right. But I will say I think it's in flux right now. I well, do. I know that I know that I, I know that heard Jeff Merrick, who we both know, um, mentioned that he didn't think that even if Patrick missed the rest of the year, that he would not be the number one pick. But you know that things things can change, and and from what I remember, he's supposed to be back in January, uh, and they'll you know they'll go through the rest. Of, he'll go through the rest of the WHL season, and then the WHL playoffs. Things can change also from team needs perspective too. I mean, again, I told you if I really need a defenseman. As good as I think Nolan Patrick is, and he's a big centerman and everything else, I still might take Liljegren because I need to build my blue line. That doesn't, you know, so that's why I can't say he's a lock. Well, but, okay, say say it say it this way: if you are Buffalo, Toronto, uh, maybe three or four other New Jersey, three or four other teams that are probably not making the playoffs, and you get the number one pick. I think you're taking Liljegren. If you're a team like Carolina who's loaded on defense, you're taking Nolan Patrick. It's going to be Elko Hishier, who we we need to see more of in this tournament too, who is going to be a top five pick. I mean, you know, he plays for the Swiss. That's another kid who could somehow be number one if he were to light up this tournament. If the Swiss were to go really far, well, you know, he plays in maybe he plays in the World Championships too. Now things can happen. Now Team USA played Latvia. It was, I believe, a six-one victory. Uh, it was close about halfway through the game, and then the U.S. Yeah. pulled pulled away. Um, now, you know this is this is the thing. It's like I I I I thought that you know the U.S. struggled for a little bit, and then I think they found their footing. Um, I I I like Tyler Parsons in goal, but he only 
you know, he only faced like 14 or 15 shots. So it wasn't like he was, sta- he was standing on his head. I thought he played decently, but you know that that game wasn't that game wasn't resting on his shoulders. That I think you know when the, when that game was close, it was only close because the U.S. couldn't beat the Latvian goaltender, which had the greatest name, Mittens. For a yeah. goal for a goaltender having a last name of Mittens is perfect. Yeah, I tweeted that out last April. I think. I mean, he <laughs> but he is a good goalie. It's just the team broke down. The few things that that Latvia did really well is they're big, and that gave the uh, the blue line a problem for the U.S. Yep. The U.S.'s blue line is a problem. We'll talk about that in a minute. But the bigness, the the, the size, the bigness, the size, the <laughs> shiftiness of some of their skaters, and the decent goaltending for half that game gave the U.S. a real problem. I will say that the U.S. blue line is a big problem, and it's a big problem because Kaleeb Jones is not Seth Jones. That's one thing. Uh, Jack Asian, Ashan rather, was okay. He wasn't as great as we're all hearing he is. And I saw him get walloped pretty good once in that game. Now, Ashan did also block a shot and lay a hit. That's all well and good. I didn't see him get on the score sheet. And so we'll see what Ashan can do down the line. But again, he's five foot seven. I kind of wonder what's going to happen when they play Team Canada and what, how he'll do. Uh, Patrick Harper had a nice goal. Really, really nice goal, but he had a load of space. Is he going to get that much space against Canada? I don't think so. I think Latvia didn't know what to do. I mean, the one thing Latvia did do, like you were saying, was try to be physical. I mean, a yes. guy, and you know, I, I'm I'm sort of concentrating on on Leaf players, but I'm watching the game as well. And Martin Durkels, who's their one of the third round pick yeah. in uh, 2015, he's not a big guy, and he was throwing his weight around uh, because I think that was the that was the whole plan. Um, Jeremy Bracco for uh, for Team USA got whacked along the boards right near the bench, and uh, but so I mean, but he was still one of their best skaters. Had a nice play power play goal. Yeah, but they took them off their game for half that game. They looked disorganized on the power play. They did not do what we heard that they were going to do on the penalty kill, and that was pursue. They did anything but pursue. They they basically collapsed in that lower box and and let Latvia move the puck around as much as they wanted to. Had yeah. they had somebody who like a Dylan Strom or somebody who had a great one timer, the U.S. would have been in trouble. I mean, Tyler Parsons had a good game. He didn't play great. He didn't have to play great. He made like two great saves. Yeah, the, the, he made he made that one post to post save where he did yes. the he did the uh, the gymnastic splits. Yes, and it was impressive. But that save does not mean he had a great game. No, but there were a lot of hiccups in that game. The six to one score was not a real indication of how the U.S. played. I thought the U.S. played poorly. I do, and and I think if they had played Russia or Canada or Sweden in that first game. They'd have been in trouble, right? So I mean, we'll uh, there's a, a, a bunch of games. A lot of time left. Yeah, th- I mean, we're just getting started here. A bunch of games. Uh, as I said, uh, New Year's Eve is the one I'm looking forward to. Canada oh, yeah. US in Toronto. Uh, that'll be that'll be a war. Um, and you know, there's. I've gone to great lengths to watch that game. Great lengths. Yeah. Always yeah. every year. Yep. It's it's all and you know. That'll be that'll be a good sporting night because you're gonna have yeah. you know you're gonna have that game and if people are into college football you're gonna have the college football playoffs I and mean, there's a number of things to to be watching on New Year's Eve and not not get drunk. 
Um, okay, let, let's let's take a look at the uh, at the NHL um, the standings right now as we emerge from the break. Now I think the trade freeze drops today. It would make sense. Yes. Games are being played today. Um, Act talked about a couple potential trade rumors. We'll finish that out at the end of the show. But just looking at the looking at the divisions right now, uh, the Atlantic Division we have Montreal at forty six points with a twenty one nine and four record. Ottawa at 43 points, Boston at 40. Um, and just to, you know, Boston is the lowest of the top three teams in the East uh, with 40 points. And the wild card race, you have Carolina and Tampa and Florida at 37, 37, and 36 points. So let's talk about the Atlantic first. I mean, Montreal has, I mean, they're benefiting from Carey, the, the great year from Carey Price. Uh, Shea Weber is, is I believe, still out with the foot injury. They've lost Galchenyuk. They've lost DeHarnay to injuries. Uh, right now, Russ, I think all the weight's on Carey Price until they get healthy again. Yeah. And, and I think that Bergevin is probably going to have to get busy and make some moves and make some additions before March the 1st. He will, but he's, last year he didn't make a ton. I don't think he's going to make a ton this year. I think – they're a team that's going to be very prudent and going to sort of wait wait a little while and see who shakes loose. But they don't seem to be a team that wants to add much to the cap. And so we'll see about that. That's going to be the biggest struggle, I think. Well, I think it's going to be rentals. I think it's going to be – Yeah. You know, it's not going to be guys they're going to have to worry about long-term because, you know, they have the Weber contract. They have to yep. worry about signing Price. I think Price is up after – after next year, I think he's got one more year. It's either one or two. Yeah, so they have to worry about extending price and prices that basically that their team. And you know, if I mean, from every on every indication, Galchenyuk and DeHarnay will be back before the end of January. So it's not like they're going to be out for the rest of the season. But you know, that team always has to worry about goal scoring. And if those guys don't come back at 100%, then that may be a concern. Ottawa, to me, Russ, is the biggest surprise. I picked them for dead last. Um, you know, they're getting great goaltending. When it's not Craig Anderson. Well, there's still a half season left, but so far so good. Yeah, when he's away, when he's away from the team, and it's understandable that he's away from the team with what's going on with his wife, yeah. getting good goaltending out of, I mean, Hammond for a while, then he got hurt, now Condon has stepped in. So, I mean – you know, 2011 and three, they got a lot of room under the cap if they want to make additions before the deadline. They're not going to make big additions. They're not going to make additions because their owner is on a budget. So that's That's going to be a tough one. Tonight's going to be very fortuitous for them because Henrik Lundqvist has the flu. The Rangers just called up Brandon Halverson. Auntie Ranta was in net as far as in practice, the starters net. So expect Ranta in there. No Lundqvist. Tough way for the Rangers to start out after the break because they were didn't exactly go into the break looking good, and and so now they're well, going to have to dig themselves out of it. Well, didn't Lundqvist get pulled in the last game? For yeah, Lundqvist? yeah. So it's yeah. I mean that that that's that's a drama in and of itself. Uh, now Metropolitan Division, you got the hottest team in the NHL, the Columbus Blue Jackets, winners of a dozen in a row. Uh, at 50 points, leading leading the league with 50 points. Pittsburgh at 49 points, 22, 8, and 5. The Rangers at uh, 23, 12, and 1 with 47 points. Uh, then you got the two wild card teams, uh, Washington and Philadelphia at 44 points. So if you look at the look at the East right now, the gap between the wild cards, uh, the two wild card teams, and the teams chasing them is seven points. 
that's yeah. tough. The, I, you know, I mean, nothing is impossible, but that's tough to make up with the three-point games. And, uh, you know, I mean, let's, let's talk Still about early the, enough that you can, though. Yeah, I mean, so if a team if a team goes into a slump, if a team loses a key player, it's possible. Look, I mean, the Rangers could easily drop seven points. I mean, if Lundqvist stays out two, three games with the flu, it's unlikely, but let's say he does. Nash is still out. Pavel Buchnevich, we don't even hear updates on. He was supposed to be back a week at least a week ago. Now we're going into two weeks over what it said. That doesn't look good. I mean, you know, things could change for the New York Rangers in a New York minute. I don't want to be, you know – there's no other way to, to say that, but, but that's where things like this are possible still, you know? In a New York minute. Thanks, Don Henley. Yeah. Um, okay, but, I mean, nobody picked Columbus to win this division. I mean, no. I, I thought that they might have an outside chance at getting a wild. Well, we all did talk about the possibility of them making the playoffs. We did. Yeah. I don't remember if I put them in or out, but I do remember talking about the possibility. Yeah, but I, you know, I thought a wild card. I didn't think – I mean right. – Granted, they're only one point ahead of Pittsburgh and three points ahead of the Rangers, so right. a two-game losing streak, and they're in third place. But yeah. still, I mean, and I, you know, I think that there's a possibility in uh, tying everything to what may happen at the deadline. I think there's a possibility that that team could add because, you know, if you have a they group, could add definitely. Yeah, if you have a group and you're not going to not going to mess with the group and you have cap room, which they do. You can you can add players to that mix, and Darmo Kekalainen's in a really great spot because he has assets to trade, he has cap room to work with, and so he could even trade a young asset for somebody that they really need and take on a contract. Yeah, um, and Pittsburgh. I mean, the one situation that seems to just be hanging around is the Mark Andre Fleury situation. Um, you know, if you look at his, I'm telling you, there's, I think now there's a 30 to 40% chance that Murray gets traded because we look at this situation again, look at the Rangers, right? They can't do anything with Stahl and Girardi. They have to protect them. Yeah. If Marc-Andre Fleury decides he wants to play in Pittsburgh, tell me what the Penguins can do. They can't, there's nothing they can do. Yeah, if he's if he's adamant about finishing out finishing out his contract there, then he's staying. Right. And, you know, but the thing is, I mean, I mean, we're all expecting him to say, "Yeah, don't worry, I'll go somewhere else." We don't know that. How much? How much? I mean, with their with a gun at their head, how much could Pittsburgh get for Matt Murray before the expansion draft? They could get like a couple of number ones and a team's top prospect and a roster player. You think it would be that much? I do. Even even with them facing the possibility, you know, you, you're counterweighting. Doesn't matter. He's a Stanley Cup winning goaltender. If if you're a team that like like Calgary, you're desperately in need of a goaltender. You might make that trade because Calgary's pretty good, but they need a goalie. Well, what about a, 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 what about a team like Buffalo who traded a first yeah. round pick for Robin Leonard, which has been, I think. You know, now going on its second year has been. I mean, Leonard's statistics are not terrible, but they're not winning with him. And you know, there is Buffalo would be a prime target too. Yeah, Buffalo, Buffalo would be Dallas, Calgary, Dallas, Maybe, Calgary, St. Louis. St. Yeah. Louis, I don't think. Well, but they might. St. Louis might. I mean, there's probably five or six or seven teams that would be in on this, and and I think the price could get that high. I think the minimum would be a first-round pick, a number one prospect in their organization, and a roster play. That's minimal. 
Okay, based on the the way the division is breaking down, you can't say that Tampa or Florida are out of range to catch Boston. They're only three or four no. points behind the Bruins. The Leafs are five points. But if you look right now, I mean, so five points. So you think the Leafs are going to make the playoffs? Then? Not a chance. I, I think. But they still I, talk about it on Toronto. I, I know, and, and and I understand. I understand the reason why. And Mike Babcock talks about it as well. But it's it's a. It's a pipe dream. It's a fantasy. It's it's what I what they want to do is they want to sell hope and they want to have, you know, the mindset of being competitive as long as possible into the season because when they finally drop out and it's and it's not within reason, then all they're going to be talking about is will they trade JVR? Will they trade this guy? Will they trade that guy? And they want to avoid that as as much as possible. Now, I will tell you this. There is a lot of, a lot, and I mean a lot, of insight into Mike Babcock with the Epic Series. A lot more than I thought they would have had. Mm-hmm. And and I reviewed the first two, uh, first two shows up on Sportsology, and I was surprised. Now, if I were going to quiz you, and I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but what did he say his team's number one asset is? Hmm. And it's not a player; it's a you know, it's a characteristic. Their determination, their heart, their speed, their speed. Okay, I mean, they and, did, yeah. And I thought that was telling. I was like, okay, so so we know now because Mike Backrock doesn't come out and talk about this generally. But he did talk about it, whether I think it was either on a bench or in this one-on-one interview or maybe even um, pregame. Whenever he mentioned it, we would never normally hear it, right? So I felt like that was some good insight, if you're especially if you're a Leafs fan, as to what Babcock is sort of going for for the future. Now, I also thought it was some interesting insight that you go into Babcock's office and he's the opposite of yours. There's nothing on the wall except for a 67 Leafs uh, you know, picture and and basically one of those things that you get at like uh, Josh Rimmer's places. <laughs> Maybe yeah, uh, you think this is cluttered. Come on, there's I nothing, mean, I'm just saying. There's nothing but, here. Nothing, nothing to see here. Come well, on. You go to the Toronto Expo. You could pick up what what Mike Babcock had on the wall, and uh, you know, it was a nice memorabilia piece <laughs> for the '67 Leafs, and that was really it. And pictures of his family. It's probably on loan from the from the uh, the Center Sports or the Leafs Pro Shop. He probably has a, can yeah. I borrow AJ this? AJ Sports. I was thinking AJ Sports. That was the name that didn't come. Yeah. Can I but, can I can I borrow this for seven years? Eight yeah. Years? But but the idea was it, it, it's a telling little insight into the mind of Mike Babcock because he's one of those. He is like an NFL coach. Yeah. He is looking at video from the minute he gets there to the minute he leaves unless a player walks in and probably wants to talk to him or he's out there on the ice. Like that is what he's doing. He is all business. And he's a creature of routine too, because yes. one of the things, one of the things I've, I found out it's he like, he will go out on the ice for the morning skate. Uh, he'll, he'll run the drills. He'll talk to the players. He'll gather them at center ice. And then apparently he either runs or goes on a treadmill for like 10 or 15 minutes in between at in between that and then talking to the media because the media will will go into the locker room and talk to some players okay. 10 or 15 minutes and when we go back into the media room and he comes in and he's you know he's soaked he's basically right. he comes out with, sometimes with a towel around and sometimes he's just he's drinking his water but he's a he does that every single time that's his routine and you know, 
and he's a he's a very structured guy, and that's yes. I think that in the in the end is going to benefit the Leafs. But you know, there's a lot of work to go. So it's like you know, as much as Mike Babcock is talking about that team being a playoff contender, they they won back to back for the first time all year before the break. They beat Colorado and Arizona, two of the worst teams in the league. They come back from the break now. And they play Florida and Tampa, who need to win. So I would be very shocked that the Leafs win. Uh, at best, I think they split those games. And then yeah, I think if you're a Leafs fan, you should watch the Epic Series. They also did cover slightly. They didn't have enough of it, but they did have the Carolina debacle because Detroit was there and the cameras were rolling. And so they did have to address that. Oh. And, and it was interesting because you got a couple of quick locker room comments from Detroit, none from Carolina because they really just cover the teams that are playing in the outdoor games. But you could see the disappointment on the Red Wings players' faces, them just really just being creatures of habit, just moving their legs around, walking around, trying to stay loose. Even they, even when they were said, hey, what if a game starts at nine? They're like, fine, better than no game. Like right. they wanted to play no matter what. And when the game was called, it was it was awful. It was really an awful moment. And that game has been rescheduled for I think late March. So it's I mean like I Ken I, Holland literally he came from some meeting that we weren't privy to, right, as viewers, and he takes a deep breath, like, goes into the locker room, and he goes, okay, boys, we're boarding a plane. Like, that's it. And everybody knows, oh, we're not playing. And it was tough. Ken Holland did not want to make that that call. Yeah. He When he talked about it earlier, and he was sort of, you know, talking about it, he goes, I'm not a Freon guy. Like, it was funny, right? <laughs> and But it was just it was just such a bad situation. And the Red Wings just fell horrible. And, yeah, now that game is in late March, right? It's like, come on. Yeah, when when the game is probably meaningless because I don't think Detroit's going to be contending for the But play. you never know, right? You never know. You never know. I mean, and they're only, they're only a few points. They're only six points behind Boston. So stranger things have happened. And, and, and Henrik Zetterberg had a profanity-laced tirade, more than I thought he was cur you know, capable of. But uh, Jimmy Howard is out for four to six weeks, so it's going to be tough with Morazic and I think uh, I cannot remember the name of their backup goaltender, but uh, um, Corio, I think it is. Okay. Uh, yeah, so they're, they're going to have to use him a, a little bit. Okay, sh shifting to the West here. Uh, in the Central, the Blackhawks are at 49 points, 22-9-5. and five. Minnesota in second at 21-8-4, 46 points. St. Louis at 41 points. 18, 12, and 5. Now, Russ, the thing is, Chicago, Minnesota, both having good years. Uh, Dubnik leading the way in Minnesota. You know, Chicago has to be given credit because they've been doing this without Crawford, without Taves for a good chunk. Neither one of those teams has a lot of room for maneuverability at the deadline. So they're going to, you know, Stan Bowman is going to end and Chuck Fletcher are going to have to get creative if they want to end. Well, that's true, but, but, the one thing the Chicago Blackhawks are, they're still prospect rich. Yes. And and when you're prospect rich, you can make moves. You can get teams to eat money. You can get trades perpetuated. And so I, I think it's a good thing for them. But I'm just looking at numbers and here's a good here's a good one. And this is this is why teams all should model themselves after the Chicago Blackhawks. So Ryan Hartman's got twelve points in thirty one games. That's about what I expect Ryan Hartman would do. Sure. And he's, you know, and he gets thrown in after years of playing in Rockford, you know, so he learns the way. 
There is a Chicago Blackhawks way. And you know what? Good for Ryan Hartman because this is working out for him. He's 22, so it's not like you could say, well, he spent too long in the minors. It's just right. And this is what they do. And they bring when they bring up guys, they're ready. It's Tell me the last guy that they, they brought up that you felt like wasn't ready. Well, okay, and it wasn't somebody that they developed. It was somebody that they acquired was a guy like Marco Dano. They brought right. they him up. But they acquired him. They acquired him, and maybe they gave him a look. Maybe he was being yep. scouted. But no, no, I mean, and, and the guys who aren't up yet, like McNeil, who was a first-round pick, they yep. must think that he's either not ready or he's never going to be ready. But, right. you know, Mott and Hartman. and It's a role, too. Like Mark McNeil at this point is a fourth-line yeah. center that's a face-off guy, and so they have to have that role open up. Right, and Hartman – Hartman sort of fits into that Andrew Shaw type of, you know, career yep. path. You know, he was in the minors for a while. He comes up. He's, he's, he's a heavy hitter. Heavy hitter. He rough has and offensive player. ability. Yep. Yeah, I think he's, he's – Character like, kid. Younger, cheaper Andrew Shaw. They, yep. You have him making – This is what they do. They replenish, man. They know how to do it. Now, you know, Minnesota, I mean – Dubnik is having a fantastic year. I still think they're right off- now today. This moment is the best goalie in hockey right now. But I think they're offensively challenged, and that, that's the thing. They is are. Is it? Is it? I mean, I think it's the age. You got Koivu, you got Pominville, you've got Parise, who are starting to get long in the tooth, and they're going to have to be very. I mean, if they go out and get themselves somebody at the deadline to help them out to score. It's going to have to be like Lee Stempniak was last year, a guy who is making a million bucks, but it can score like a PA parent yeah. or a Rene Bork or somebody like that. A real cheap guy. Cause they can't, unless, unless they trade one of the defensemen in the deal, they can't fit a big salary coming back. No, they can't fit a big salary. I, I don't know how it's exactly going to work out for them, but they, um, they're going to have some options, though, because they do have some prospects, too. They're, they just may have to be willing to move them. I mean, that's that's the thing. Or even trade somebody who isn't doing great there, but people feel can do well somewhere else. Like, I don't know. At some point, do they trade Granlin? Because they say, you know what? He needs a, a change of scenery. Right. You know, maybe a swap like that, something like that, where they get a more veteran guy. You know, that's something where I think they can make because at some point they are going to be a serious Stanley Cup contender. Yeah, and I don't I don't think they want to move the, the guys like Charlie Coyle or Nita Ryder who have a more of a physical presence, but a Granlin might might be somebody that they – or Jason Zucker. We know Zucker's got uh, durability problems. He I mean, He's very talented, but he has trouble staying healthy, at least in the last few years he had. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's looked good when I've seen him lately. Uh, but he always looks good when he's healthy. That's the thing. I will tell you this. They have a kid playing in the World Juniors, Kirill uh, Kabrizov. Kabrizov. He scored he one of the 15. goals yesterday. Yeah, he, he scored good. one of the goals. He looks good. He's got 15 goals in the K. I don't know what his contract situation is, but their season ends early, doesn't it? Yeah. At 19, at 19 years old, he's got 15 in the KHL, which is pretty impressive. So I don't know if his contract is up or if there's a way to buy him out of his contract. You could yeah. get him at the end of his season. You you might be able to, but the way I mean, the way things are going in Russia right now, I mean, I can only I can only use the example of some of the kids that the Leafs drafted in the recent in recent years that are KHL guys that are nineteen or twenty. They're usually locked up for at least a year or two. 
So, like, I know that uh, Igor Korshkov, who started in the World Junior last year for Russia, he's playing in the K this year as a 20-year-old. He was doing really well, got broke his leg, but he's he was going to stay in the KHL for one more year and then potentially maybe would come over to North America next year. So, I, you know, just, I mean, just as a rule of thumb, I would probably think that he's under contract for another year, but you never know. We don't know. He's in his third year. So sometimes, yeah, you know, after that, they're not always – they're usually locked up like these guys in two-year increments, so it could be another year. But I'm just trying to glean if I could see. You never know. I mean, all I know is if, if for some reason he's on the end of his contract, like that's a guy they should bring over. Well, and, he, and I believe they said during the broadcast he was the number one pick in the KHL draft. Yes. And he's moved from one organization to another. I think he's with UFA now. He was with uh, another another KHL team. So – I mean, I don't know if that means that, you know, maybe his contract is up and that they just traded for him for a one-year thing or if they got him for a couple of years. I, I don't know. No, they, you know what? In 2015, they signed him to a three-year extension. There you go. So, yeah, it's – they like to keep these guys keep these guys to at least. I mean, we've ta- heard about the rule, uh, you know, the potential of the KHL limiting these players to twenty to not leaving until they're twenty five. Which that's too bad. I mean, I know he's making money, but boy, he could really help that team. Yeah. Now uh, in the Pacific, you have the San Jose Sharks at forty three points, 21, 12, and one. You know, starting to pull out. You know, starting to play a lot better after a slow start. Uh, Edmonton at 18, 12, and 6, 42 points, one point behind. Anaheim at 17, 12, and 6, 40 points, three points behind the Sharks. You've got LA and Calgary at 38 points, holding the two wild card spots. Um, Russ, everything to me comes back to Edmonton, whether they're for real or whether they're not. Uh, We're going to find out. We're going to start to find out. Yeah, I mean, Darnell Nurse is probably out for, you know, I'd say at least a couple months as a serious injury. It was not just, I guess, ligaments, but bone damage as well. So that's something, I mean, and they lost another, uh, they lost a, a forward, I can't, and I can't remember who it was, but it was a young, oh, uh, Pit, uh, Pitlick. Yeah. They lost Pit, Pitlick for the year. So they've lost a couple players, young players. I mean, everything centers around, McDavid, obviously, but at, at a certain point, they have to take a little bit of the heat off of him and have guys like Nugent Hopkins and, and Eberly and Dreisaitl step up and, and carry more of the load. Here, um, here's the funny thing, okay? While we're sort of focused on Edmonton and what they can and can't do, the Sharks have included and they've inserted Timo Meyer and Kevin LeBanc. Meyer's got one goal in four games, so we don't know if that's going to stick. Right. LeBanc's got six goals in 21 games, eight points. He's going to stick yeah. or at least stick for a while longer. He's, you know, I and mean, that's – see, again, San Jose, just when it looks like they're on their last run, they draft very well, and they've inserted some guys. I don't know who's going to give Edmonton the jump. Like these – San Antonio – San Jose was, was hurting a little bit, and they inserted two of the youngsters, and it's definitely helped them. What is Edmonton going to do? Yeah, the only thing that they can do is, you know, the, the, the place they, they really need to improve is on the blue line, and, and I, I don't see them getting a defenseman before the deadline. That will make a big difference. Now, I mean, San Jose, the one thing, I because I was looking at them in terms of, like, what their need is, 
Last year they traded for Roman Pollock at the deadline to have a sixth defenseman. They they signed David Schlemko in the in the uh, in the off season. Now he's not a great defenseman, but he's a number six. He's he's unless they have injuries there, their defense is fine. Where I think they're they're going to need to add is up front because Michael Bodker has been an absolute freaking disaster of a signing. I think he has one goal, maybe two, and they're paying him four million bucks a year. So you know, the, the, I'm sure that there are going to be rental possibilities out there. They they may have cap restrictions as well. I'm not looking at their cap right now, but this is you know this is the last shot here. You've got Thornton, you got Marlowe. They're at the end of their contracts. Maybe they come back. Maybe they don't. But, you know, you have just so many bullets left in the gun. I think you have to take your shot when you have it. No, I think that's fair. I, I think that probably is going to happen. But I don't think they're going to trade youth anymore. I think they're going to just get a rental. Right. Um, but everybody needs defensemen. So, like, if we see it written in an article, well, they need an NHL defense. Well, everybody does. And so very few teams are going to be able to fill that. Except uh, – except – the Anaheim Ducks, they do not need defensemen. They no, I will say this. Before we go to Anaheim, I want to give everybody an update on Chris Russell. So he has no goals and five points in eight games and is a plus two in 29 games. Has that been a successful signing? I mean, he's a, I mean, he's a depth defenseman making three million bucks. The only good thing is it's for one year, Russ. Right. If it was a three-year deal, you'd be banging your head against the wall. And I, 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 I listed, I listed this to you. And this is, you know, we'll go, just go back to to the Buffalo Sabers because I, I tweet, I uh, wrote something for uh, for Hockey Buzz today about uh, some potential moves and things of that nature in Buffalo. Dmitry Kulikov, Josh Georges, and Zach Bogosian. Total salary of the three of them is over thirteen million dollars this year. Right now, they got zero goals and two assists. That's horrific. I could tell you that right now, the rebuild of the Buffalo Sabres has probably been increased by a couple more years. Now, a great goalie year out of Leonard or somebody else, Allmark, somebody else would help, or even a free agent yet to, or a trade or something, could spark something better. But right now, for what we're seeing and what I know they have coming and everything else, it might be two more years till they become a playoff team, and fans are going to have to live with that. They, I mean, they don't have a ton coming. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, well, they have guys, though. They do. They, they, they have a few. I mean, Gooley got sent back, right? Gooley is really close. Yeah, I think I think Gooley is a, is going to be a good defenseman. I think Alex Nylander will be a good NHLer, but he's going to take time. He's not. I don't know if he's going to take time. I think you might see him next year, whether you think so or not. I mean. Well, you might see him. They're probably going to be on the team next year. You might see him for a few games this year too, but but hey, you might. That doesn't mean that he's ready. But uh, yeah. no, going 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 back going back to the West. I mean, the one team in the West, uh, and especially in the Pacific, that doesn't need defensemen is Anaheim. I think that's going to be the key yeah. for them because I think that they need at least one, maybe two forwards. I think they need somebody to play in their top six, and I think the defense that they have, that's that's going to be a theme from now until March the 1st. They've got lots of defense, and if they want to add a forward, if they think that they have a chance and they need that extra score, a guy like a James Van Riemsdyk or you know anybody of that nature, it's going to cost them one of their defensemen. Not Maybe not a Vatanen or a Lindholm or a Fowler, but one of the young guys. And I think that might be a price that they're willing to pay because they have so many defensemen. Could be. I mean, it really could be. Uh, tough to say. But they, they're in a good spot because 
they're they're hovering right and they do have assets to trade they're gonna have to make a decision they're gonna hold on to as many of those defensemen as they can but they are probably gonna lose somebody right I mean they, and that's the thing they, you know are they going to I mean in the expansion draft well right and then one, one of the things that they might do and you know it I think they may buy out Kevin Bieksa because he has a no move clause on his contract yeah and they don't want to have to be burdened by that because I think they have no move clauses on Kessler and on on Getzloff and on Perry. right. You can't do anything with those, right? So they might, you know, and some of those young defensemen they don't have to be protected because they're exempt. But a guy, I think, I think Manson has to be protected. So, you know, that's why they might move one of these guys so they can protect one of the other ones. So that's a possibility. But let's just check out the wild card here. I do want to say this though before you throw complete dirt on the Sabers. I like Asplin. I like Connor Hurley. Yeah. I like Nick Batiste. Batiste. I know it's still going to take him a little while. Justin yeah. Bailey's. On, I'm on the fence about. We. We. He's a good athlete. He's still going to take a while. They knew that when they drafted him. Right. But they have guys. But in the overall scheme for them, to me, they're still two to three years away from being a really serious playoff contender. And they still need a goaltender, maybe. Yep. And they still need two or three, probably two or three defensemen. Yeah, and they have a we'll lot. We'll say that Gooley's one, so they might need two more. And they have a lot of money tied up on long-term contracts, like Kane, like Bogosian, like yeah. Matt Molson, that they're going to have to extricate themselves from. So For them, rule number, really, plan number one would be to somehow move Evander Kane, even if it costs you assets. Well, the one good thing is that since Eichel came back, he started to score, so he might be an attractive piece because he has a short-term left. I think it's. I think it's one more year after this year, so that might be attractive. To I mean, Will Borgen's doing pretty good at St. Cloud, too. He is a defenseman with a little bit of offensive upside, so keep that in mind, too. Okay, just looking at the wild card here, you got LA, LA and Calgary at 38 points, Nashville, Dallas, and Winnipeg at 35, and then it drops to Vancouver, Arizona, forget it, Colorado. Forget it. Yeah, so, so if LA wins the cup, Peter Budai gets his name on the cup? Uh, I, you would hope so because he's basically been carrying them for the last two months. But, uh, yeah, I mean, well, we think that quick will be back by mid to late February. That's the, that's the indication. We hope that's without a setback or anything else possibly cropping up. Right. And it was a leg injury. So, and you know, obviously goaltenders use their legs, so it's going to be tough. Calgary, now Calgary, on the other hand, I mean, you know, they survived the Goudreau injury. They survived the fact that they didn't have a number one goaltender in Brian Elliott, and now their backup has become their number one in Chad Johnson. Right. Um, to me, they I think they probably need to add scoring, and they maybe need to add a goaltender because I don't think Chad Johnson can keep this up. That's the thing. They could really change their fortunes if they were able to add a goalie because a team doesn't want to lose a goalie to the expansion draft. That could really fuel a playoff run for them. Yeah, and it's just a question of where that comes from. Do you think Mark Andre Fleury waves his no trade to go to Calgary, or do you, you know? Do you think that? I mean, do you think push comes to shove? I'm going to say no. Yeah, Ben. I mean, apparently they had a deal worked out with Tampa Bay for Ben Bishop, and it got nixed when they made the Brian Elliott deal because the Brian Elliott deal was a lot cheaper. So here's a good thing for Calgary. I'm not saying they're going to trade them, right? But they only gave them a one game sniff so far. 
But Mark Jankowski's got 20 points in 23 games in the AHL. Those are rookie of the year kind of numbers. Yep. Yep. So keep that in mind. That's a big asset to have, too. Do you see any of the three, Nashville, Dallas, and Winnipeg, as I mean, do you, which one of the which one of those three is the likeliest one to challenge for a wild card spot? They all Nashville. have flaw. They all have flaws. Nashville, because they have Pekarene, they have the defense. We're expecting more out of Subban. We're expecting more out of their offense. They have Laviolette. I think they have enough. Yeah, and I'm a little I'm a little hesitant about Dallas, the goaltending situation, Lindy, yeah. Lindy there, and uh, I mean, Act talked about that in his blog today. Just touched about how uh, there's the possibility of Ryan Miller going to Dallas uh, now, but now Vancouver's got to take one of those guys back, right? And that and say that's the thing, right? Ryan Miller. I mean, they signed Markstrom to an extension. Miller is a UFA at the end of the year. Do they really want to lock themselves in on on Antony Emi or on Kerry Lettinen for another year, just to get you would let's let's just say this. I think that if Vancouver was going to have to do that in a deal for Ryan Miller, they would have to get one of those young defensemen back in the deal. You know, the ones that we've talked about, Lindell or Hawk. Klingberg's uh, only got 17 points in 33 games. Like, it's okay, but it's not what you expect from John Klingberg. Yeah, and, I mean, we may be getting to the time where Lindy Ruff is wearing That's. Out. I think the biggest change they could make is coach. I really do. I think the coach has run his course there. I do. And the other thing that Eck uh, touched on was uh, Matt Duchesne. Um, Everybody seems to be Russ. Everybody seems to be talking. I know Darren Drager talked before the uh, Christmas break. I know that uh, Bob McKenzie mentioned it, that uh, you know Colorado is probably looking at some sort of serious reset. Um, and, Why? Well, I guess because they don't think that that core group is well, – But the thing is they don't, they don't have this tremendous core they could break up. They no. don't. And I mean, the the I, I mean okay nobody is saying they're trading Nathan McKinnon no right. that's the guy they want to build around but the guys who've been around for longer Duchesne, Landeskog Eric Johnson okay are they really <coughs> trading Gabriel Landeskog the answer is no yeah Joe Sakic is not trading these guys I'm telling you it's not going to happen Matt Duchesne is close to a point a game how in the world is trading him going to help you next year just tell me that. Forgetting about what's being said, it's not. It's not going to help you next year. But maybe this is the the re, the realization that the re, that they need to blow it up and rebuild. But they're not an old team. Like this is just a team. No, they're not. That, they're, not they're not old. I'm playing devil's advocate here, but they're not old. But maybe the, what they're saying is that this group is not. You know, the Toronto group was not old. They were just not winners. And that's why they had to be blown up. Well, but this team has also had, you know, they're going through the Patrick Wall hangover. Right. They have a new coach. I think Joe Sackett is going to do very little. I'll be honest. I don't think he's going to do a lot other than see who in the new organization is close to being called up. They did, they have called up Ranton. And let me look up his numbers again. Um, I believe he's doing pretty well. Yeah, he's doing okay. I mean, he's a, he's a talented kid. I, I mean, I don't think there's a reason, unless you're telling me, Matt Duchesne's bringing back a top-pairing defenseman. I don't see them trading Matt Duchesne. Right. It doesn't I mean, cost that much. 
I saw I saw some rampant speculation about trading Matt Duchesne because St. Louis is looking for a center to trading Matt Duchesne in a deal to get Shattenkirk. But the only way the only way they do that is is if they if Shattenkirk agrees to an extension, and he's not going to agree to an extension. So that's not. He's not, and they don't spend that big of money in Colorado where that's going to happen. I mean, right now, Rantanen's got 15 points in 20-something games. That's good. I mean, so again, I'm looking at a core of Rantanen, McKinnon, Duchesne, and Landeskog. I can't afford to trade any of those guys. I mean, on on talent alone, you're right. I wouldn't I wouldn't trade Duchesne, I wouldn't trade Landeskog, and I wouldn't trade McKinnon. You've already and you know, but they've they've already traded Ryan O'Reilly, and that deal I think has been a bust because you know Gregorinko has become Gregorinko, and Zadorov is young still, and he's 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 an impressive physical package, so he might still be you know a worthy defense, but I don't think he's going to be a top four defenseman. So if you know, it's, or if at best he's going to be a three four because he doesn't have the offensive chops, so. And I'm saying, you know, if they could get something for Verlamov, I mean, that may be somebody they w- are willing to trade. I think you could look at that. That's a possibility. Well, I think. See, I think Pickard. I I'm a big Pickard fan. I lo- I think Pickard could be a number one in the right circumstance. And Verlamov probably has a no trade, so they probably can't expose him to the expansion draft. I'm just guessing. Um, I don't know if he has a no move. That's the only thing. He had, he may have a limited no trade, but I don't think he has a no move. Okay. If he does, I think the only no moves on that team are, uh, I think it's probably McKinnon and probably Eric Johnson. So now Eric Johnson, they probably can't afford to trade him, but maybe they would for a younger defenseman. That's possible. Yeah, and they just signed him to an extension too. Right, so. but I could see if they traded him for a younger defenseman, that's something they might be interested in, or Volomov. Otherwise, I got to be honest, I don't think they're doing much. I think they have to just. I think they. They're sort of doing the right thing. It's just going a little up and down for them right now, but they do have pieces, and I don't think they could afford to trade the pieces. I do want to mention something about Winnipeg. Yep. Little known fact, um, Joel Armia. Joel Armia, you know, who a lot of people wrote off. A lot of people are like, oh, former he's a bust. Former Sanders first-round pick. Big fan. a bust. He's got four points in 11 games, and he, I think if he's not leading the league in, in takeaways – He's like number two or three. Joel Armia has found a niche in in the NHL, and shame on the Sabres for sort of giving up on him and throwing him in that deal. Well, yeah, they threw a lot of things in that deal. They did. I mean, Drew Stafford, Brendan Lemieux, Joel Armia. Yeah, in the end, that deal I I don't think is going to be good for the – the Sabres got the bigger names, but Bogosian has not played well and has been injured, and we know what Evander Kane's – and off the ice. But very quietly, Joel Armia is having a nice season. And forget about where he was drafted or anything about that. He's just playing productively in the NHL. That's all I care about. Yeah. Well, folks, enjoy the 10 games on the NHL schedule and the games at the World Junior. We will be back tomorrow with another edition of the Hockey Buzzcast. For Russ Cohen, I'm Michael Agello. Thanks for watching. And remember, without the buzz, it's just hockey.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.